A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I can still remember the day I got the call. I was a Navy SEAL trained to handle the most dangerous situations imaginable. Deployment to Iraq wasn't anything new for me, but this mission had a different feel to it. I had a nagging sense that something unexpected was waiting for me out there. Little did I know just how right I was. We touched down in Iraq under the cover of night the desert heat still radiating from the ground. Our mission was simple, assist the United States forces stationed there and gather intelligence on enemy activity. It was supposed to be a routine deployment, but fate had other plans. A few weeks into our assignment, strange reports started coming in. Our comrades spoke of inexplicable attacks on our forces, with no discernible enemy in sight. Bodies were found mutilated, and the survivors were too traumatized to provide a clear description of their assailant. 
The higher-ups chalked it up to guerrilla warfare tactics. But something about the stories didn't sit right with me. One night, while I was on patrol duty with my team, we heard a blood-curdling scream from a nearby outpost. We rushed to the scene only to find our fellow soldiers lying in pools of blood. The destruction was unlike anything I had ever seen, even in the most brutal combat situations. The air was thick with a sense of dread, and I knew deep down that this was no ordinary enemy. Over the following days, more and more attacks occurred, each one more gruesome than the last. Despite the mounting evidence, our superiors refused to acknowledge the possibility of an unknown predator. I couldn't stand idly by while my comrades were being slaughtered. I made it my personal mission to hunt down and eliminate this unseen threat. Armed with my instincts and a burning desire for justice, I set out into the treacherous Iraqi desert, determined to put an end to the carnage. My search led me to the heart of the most desolate region, where the scorching sun and unforgiving terrain seemed to mock my every step. But I couldn't give up. The lives of my fellow soldiers depended on me. Finally, after days of relentless pursuit, I found myself face to face with the unknown predator. It was a creature unlike anything I had ever seen, a monstrous being that seemed to defy the very laws of nature. It towered above me, its eyes burning with malice as it prepared to strike. I fought with every ounce of my strength, my training and instincts kicking in as I engaged in a deadly dance with this nightmarish beast. But despite my best efforts, the creature proved too powerful, too elusive. Time and time again it slipped through my grasp, leaving me battered and bruised in its wake. Defeated and demoralized, I returned to base and reported my encounter with the unknown predator. But my words fell on deaf ears. My superiors dismissed my story as the ravings of a weary, battle-scarred soldier. They refused to acknowledge the very real danger that was stalking our ranks claiming it was nothing more than enemy propaganda or the effects of the harsh environment. My pleas for help went ignored, and I was left to face the reality that I was powerless to stop this monstrous force. The fear and worry gnawed at me, leaving me haunted by the knowledge that an unstoppable predator lurked in the shadows, waiting for its next victim. As the weeks turned into months, the attacks continued. More soldiers fell to the unknown predator their mutilated bodies serving as a grisly reminder of our vulnerability, but no one cared. No one listened. I once did an eight-plus-hour hike in the Blue Mountains, New South Wales, Australia, when about halfway through a rain-thunderstorm started. We were taking shelter under some low bushes to put on rain covers over our bags and equipment. While squatting, I was eating a sandwich, and out of nowhere, two ladies half-ran past us on the trail. In passing, they mumbled something about leeches, but couldn't really understand what they said. The ladies were just out of sight when I saw the first leech crawling its way towards me. They kind of moved by balancing on their heads and tipping their tail over, arching, and they moved fast. There were so many of them. We were prepared for a good hike with long trousers, hiking boots, high socks. But I lost count pulling leeches of every body part. In my shoes, all over my legs, and some higher on my torso. Slippery bastards, too. 
You need to really pinch hard to be able to pull them off. Suffice to say, the last three hours of hike were done at lightning fast speed, only stopping to remove leeches to then find us stuck about 30 men before reaching the car. A gentle stream we had passed hours before has turned into a raging wild river several meters wider than before. Long story short, we made it across with some swimming and even more leeches. I do remember the count back at the car. We stripped out our hiking clothes and pulled another 16 leeches off between the two of us. For me, seeing the ground before you littered with moving leeches was by far the most messed up thing I've seen. I used to work on a hospital campus at a place where patients receiving treatment stayed. It was like Ronald McDonald House, but for adults. I usually worked second shift. There were a little bit of woods around the place and a walking path. After turning down the lights and just having a lamp on at the front desk, the place became a little eerie. As long as we check in and out patients and answer the phones, we are allowed to sit there and read. Now I should mention that I've had a few creepy experiences there and consider myself somewhat of a sensitive. On this particular night, I had been reading about the Faye and people's encounters. I had also been learning about opening up my third eye. I like to read about all kinds of things. I am spiritual but skeptical, too. Well, it was getting to be close to the end of my shift, and I started getting ready to leave. As I walked out of the automatic door, nobody around. I got the distinctive feeling someone was walking behind me so much so that the hair on the back of my neck stood up. As I got to my car, I turned around to see if someone was there, and there was no one. I then heard a high-pitched giggle from the bushes. I got goosebumps all over and got the hell out of there. Took my research team up to Odell Lake for a trial run with them. Found several trees that have been twisted and snapped fresh green. Nine feet area. Several logs been torn apart looking for termites, no doubt, but no visible claw marks like a bear's. Heard young boyfriend calling for mama, I, I think, no more than 50 yards from us. Had newbies that got scared and left before mama kicked our butts. We'll be going down to a hunting area, Myrtle Beach area. My witness hunted there since child with Grandpa. Buddies and him scared off by four individual screamers. One scream shook the car's windows. They left and never went back. We'll report back if I find anything good. Last night I had a dream about a skinwalker. I know what a skinwalker is, what it looks like, and some of the legends and stories. I am native Alaskan, and we have a similar story about the Koshadaka. But in this dream, I am certain it was a skinwalker. In the dream, I am trying to put my almost two-year-old daughter to sleep. The room is dark with a window on the opposite wall from where we are laying. The light switch is within arm's reach. My daughter is very restless and asking me to turn on the light. She's tossing and turning and crawling all over me, as toddlers do. But as the dream progresses, she's more and more insistent that I turn on the light. She begins to throw herself into a tantrum, so finally I turn on the light while still laying in bed. 
I immediately noticed something outside the window, and there it is. Right outside the window, it had, had the face and fur of a coyote, but its legs were way too long. Its paws had long protruding claws, and it was standing on its hind legs. In its mouth and his front two claws, it held a half-eaten human baby. I began to screaming in the dream and woke up screaming as well. When I opened my eyes and began to wake up, I couldn't move my body for several minutes. The reason why I think this could be a bad omen, or even a death omen, is because I am ten weeks pregnant. The pregnancy is going well so far, but I have never had a dream that has been that vivid or that has scared me that much. I feel that it was a very clear message, but I would like some other opinion. What does it mean? Okay, so a few years ago, go back in 2014, I came across something that I'd never seen before and still to this day. I have no idea what it was. I remember that day as if it were yesterday. It was summer and the evening was hot and sticky. My best friend Kay and I were on our way to Winchester, Ohio. She'd been dating a boy and they ended up breaking up like a few days before. We were going to his house to exchange property, and I was there to make sure everything went smoothly. After we did the exchange of property, we headed back to my town of Hillsborough. Winchester was like an hour or so away, so it was getting dark. We were on the back roads listening to music and just jamming out. We were, what I am, assuming halfway home when we were coming over a hill. Night had fallen on the left side of the car was long grass, like it was super long like taller than me. As we reached the top of the hill, we saw a black figure come out of the long grass. At first, we thought it was some random animal since we were in the middle of nowhere. But as we got closer, we realized that it wasn't. The figure was on all fours and crawled on its hands and knees. I know that if it had stood up, it would have been at least six feet four, maybe taller. When our headlights hit it, we got a better look and it turned its head and looked at us. It was completely black and shiny looking like it was dipped in tar. Its eyes were round and milky white. Its mouth was full of sharp teeth. I remember my blood ran cold, and Kay asked me what that was, but I didn't know. She asked me, what should we do? I had a strange feeling that if we stopped the car, something bad was going to happen. So I told her to floor it and don't stop. As we got closer, it turned around and went back into the long grass. We haven't spoken about it since. Ever since I saw it, I've been trying to rack my brain, trying to figure out what it was. I have done research and have come up with nothing, and just thinking about it sends chills down my spine. Does anyone ever hear or seen a creature like that? I was going hunting with a very good friend of mine up to an area that we have hunted a few times before. The area is far up Baker Creek Road, past Rainbow Lodge, to an area that was recently logged. It was early October, just after my 21st birthday. Our day trip was in search of deer and bear. We decided after not being able to see much of anything due to a heavy mist and fog, that we would hit a spot that my friend said would be prospective for finding the type of game we were looking for. It was about one-fourth mile from the clear-cut we had just viewed. We had to drive on an old logging road, no wider enough for one car. We arrived at the location and got out. 
I, as usual, needed to relive some pressure from drinking too much coffee, and my friend told me to head directly down to what appeared to be a meadow near a creek. He said he was going to meet me down there by going another direction. I soon found myself on a steep decline down the hill via deer trail. Within five minutes, I was at the bottom of the hill and began noticing a musky smell far more pungent than that of elk, and I shrugged it off. I was trying to walk as silent as possible, but still managed to crackle the brush as I walked. Off in the distance towards the creek, I began to continuously hear limbs snapping and grunting no more than forty yards away. I thought to myself that this was just my friend tripping over the underbrush and quietly pissing and moaning as he normally does. I got to where I thought was a good spot and just stood there. I kept hearing limbs and twigs snapping, and no more than five minutes later had I been hearing the stuff I discovered that my friend was back up by the vehicle, and what was in front of me wasn't him. I began getting scared, and I hightailed my rear back up to the truck. I decided to light up a cigarette and listen, and whatever it was down there was slowly making its way up the hillside, slowly away from me. I still travel to the area to this day and still get a very eerie feeling that that thing is still up there watching me. So this happened one or two years ago. My ex-friend was staying over at my house. It was pretty late at night and we were getting ready to go to bed. There's a window across from my room that leads to the backyard and the yard is my building. The curtains were open, so I closed them like I always do. While I was closing it, I was something on top of the roof of my building. If you guys have watched Harry Potter think of Professor Lupin's werewolf form, but pitch black. If you haven't seen it, the creature was tall, big, lanky, and completely black. It even stood out in the dark. It's hunched over on all fours and staring into my woods on the opposite side of the building. Now, for some context, my house is on a hill, and we're surrounded by miles of woods. It's not like we're out in the middle of nowhere. We live in a neighborhood, but I'm guessing it came from the woods. As I'm staring at this thing, my friend walks out from the hall, and I call her over to look at it. I ask her if she sees what I'm seeing, and she says yes. We kind of just stare at it for a few minutes. It doesn't move. It just sits there while we're watching it absolutely terrified. My dad was asleep on our couch in the living room, but we don't wake him up. We're contemplating on waking up my parents, but we end up shutting the curtain and going to bed. We told my mom in the morning what we saw, and she asked why we didn't wake her up. But I didn't want my parents to get hurt. I never saw that thing again to this day. This isn't fake. It's a true story. Hope you enjoyed, and any ideas on what it could have been? I can't say where this took place exactly for safety reasons, but I live in a southeastern area. This one happened to me in the early 2010s and admit. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. It did not happen on the Navajo reservation, but it did take place on another reservation nearby. One night, me and a friend were chilling at his house, playing games, and decided to go out for some late-night food. Being that it was past midnight, the only option was the 24-hour McDonald's. After getting our food, we decided to just cruise around the back roads for fun. The area we were driving wasn't well known to us since we were driving on another tribe's land, but my friend had a general sense of where he was going. The road we were on led us out to the middle of nowhere. We finally stopped and pulled over on top of this big mesa, where the road went down in a snake-like pattern. It was nighttime, like I said, but you could still see a long way off in the distance from our little vantage point, including house lights in the distance where the road led. After getting out of the car, I walked closer to the edge of this overlooked point and started howling and screaming to hear my echo. I did that for a few minutes before I walked to the very edge and looked down. I saw a light from a window just below me, close enough to where I could have thrown a stone and hit it. I distinctly remember the light looking like it was from a candle with the flickering, but definitely wasn't dim like a candle would be. I also recall that the windowsill portion was made of stone and looked like an adobe house. Since I was higher up and at an angle, I couldn't see inside the window, and I couldn't make out what the house looked like in general. All I saw was a light coming from a window. At that point, I turned to my friend and said something like, Dude, there's a house just right there as I pointed to it. We better get out of here before they call the cops on us for screaming. My friend looked over and saw the light from the window, too. He laughed and agreed, so we both got in his car and split. Nothing spooky or creepy even crossed my mind that night, just that I may have scared someone in there. House with my screaming. A few weeks later, me and the same friend went cruising around again, but this time during the day. We visited the same area and pulled over to look at the view. I went back to the edge of the mesa and looked over, but to my surprise, there was nothing there. Not only was there no sign of the house, but a house couldn't have been built there in the first place. It was way too steep and rocky. Just boulders, sand, and weeds... I relayed this info to my friend, and he looked over the edge, too, and that's when we both were like, what the F did we see that night then? My story ends years later when I met and befriended a co-worker who lived and grew up on the reservation where that Mesa Overlook was. We began trading scary stories. That guy has some crazy shit he experienced out there. And I told him about seeing the adobe house at night that wasn't there in the daytime. He laughed and said something like, Dude, you saw the witch house I asked him to explain, and he said that the area I was in was known for being a spot that people stay away from at night. Apparently witches hang out there now and then, and there is a small adobe house on the cliffside, but it's very small. Like something your average person would have to crawl to get into. He doesn't know much more than that, but says he knew plenty of stories of people seeing it lit up at night. So, that's my true story about seeing a possible witch house. Just like how skinwalkers are Navajo witches, there are other similar witches for other tribes. I don't know the name given to the one I saw, but it's a cool little story to have in my pocket.
I was hiking in the woods with my boyfriend, and we came to this really cool lake high up in the hills. I was going to go for a swim after a scran, and my boyfriend didn't fancy it, so went to scout the next leg of the walk. When I go to the water's edge, I see a dead sheep at the bottom, and there is this horrible metallic smell like rust or blood coming from the bushes at the edge. It is so bad like the water is prob-stagnant, though it looked really clear, and I get dressed again and set off to find my boyfriend. Even though I didn't get my feet or clothes wet, the horrible smell is following me, like sometimes just a bit and sometimes really strong enough to make me feel like gagging, like thick in my throat. I climb up on the ridge to scout where my boyfriend is up to, see if I can catch up, save him walking back. I can see some of the path back, but there is no one on it at him. If we are separated, you always stay still. So I wait for him as planned. But the smell is so strong, and I start to get really antsy and uncomfortable. After like 20 minutes, I give up and walk down, thinking he'll have to use that path to get back to me. I shouted for him every now and again, like hello, mostly. But I deaf said a non-boyfriend, where are you? in a sing-songy voice, and the other thing I remember saying was I didn't want to swim with a dead sheep. I was just shouting to myself mostly. About ten minutes down, it comes back to thick woods, and the path gets really thin, and I swear I saw him just up ahead. I shouted again and walked a bit faster. Something made the hair on my neck start to go up, and I wanted to make sure I caught up with him, uh, S.A.P. This is the part that really freaked me out. I heard someone in the woods, really far away, shouting hello, but in the exact tone as I did earlier. I think shit, someone out there following me now. I'm only 120 pounds and really short, so I'm really worrying who the f. I don't want to run, because if you hurt your ankle out there, there's not much chance. So I just carefully walk as fast as possible down the track after about another five minutes. I heard where you like all sing-songy and drawn out exactly like I said on the high trail. And this time it was when the wind, like quite far away. When I reached the bottom of the hills where the first trail splits off, and I was feeling so worried that I hadn't caught up with my boyfriend, but also really freaked and wanting to get back to the car. I thought I'd wait at the bench for about two minutes in case we missed each other somehow. I didn't want to shout and draw attention, but I gave my boyfriend boyfriend one more chance. I screamed his name, and if not, I'd just go and see if he was at the car, and this is the part that's really bad. I heard something come like really fast running down the hill through the trees like almost rolling. It was so fast, breaking loads of branches, and suddenly my boyfriend comes out of the bushes panting. He was like, are you doing down here? Apparently he was hiking back up the trail when he heard me shouting from in the woods saying hello and where are you? He walked away from the trail to find me and kept hearing snapping branches and thought he saw movement in the trees ahead. He said he started to get freaked when I was moving further away and taking him over the crest of the next hill along and said I kept saying the same things over and over again. He said he shouted something like come the F towards me and I replied with I didn't want to swim with a dead sheep, and he knew there was something wrong, because it was nonsensical and in a weird voice like practicing and drawing out the wrong syllables. It was about then he heard me scream from bottom of the hill, and he said in that moment he just knew something was messed, and he ran down the hill. 
We both took the trail down as fast as possible and were back to the car by dark and drove home so fast. My boyfriend to this day won't talk about it, but I think someone was trying to lure him into the woods. My best mate told me a story about Goatman and said I should ask on here. But I'm in the UK and we've never even heard of them. Here, what do you think? My grandfather told me this story when I was a teenager. I'm 52 now. My granddad grew up in the woods of central New Brunswick in a very remote area where only survivalists go now. Their whole family lived out in the sticks. They lived by hunting, fishing, trapping, and some logging. Granddad said when he was a teenager, he and his older brother Duke were up in the early hours checking trap lines on an old motorbike. It was early fall. Frost was on the grass and early morning mist still hung around the forest edges. He was rolling cigarettes with his brother and they were out of matches, so they dipped a bit of cloth in the gas tank and ignited it off the coil wire while Dick kicked the bike over, the sound of a bike being kicked over. Without an ignition, is sort of like an animal call. That's how my granddad described it. Anyways, just as they started smoking their cigarettes, my grandfather noticed something bounding through the tree line toward them. Granddad said it ran in a way a bear did, but it stopped several yards away from them and stood up on its hind legs. It was still too far away to tell what it was, but they assumed it was a black bear because they are very common in New Brunswick. That's when it began walking upright toward them. As it got nearer, Granddad said it looked like a huge werewolf. His family origin was German, so this was not unknown. It got as close as 20 feet away from them and then began to eye them closely. It sniffed their smokes and then turned and hopped Grand back to the trees. Granddad said they were not scared. He said they were only shocked that such a creature was living in the woods. Granddad said it was taller than any man, had a huge head, evil eyes, long upright ears, hands with long claws, and had hair all over its body. I can't remember what color he said its fur was, but he said it had wolf-like legs. I have been staying in Gallup, New Mexico, and working on Navajo Nation, both on the New Mexico and Arizona side doing 3 mapping for fiber optic cable routes. Overall, it has been a great experience knowing that my work will help bring high-speed internet to tribe members far outside of any city centers on the reservation. My encounters with the Navajo people have been very positive. To complete these three maps, I drive around a vehicle with lighter GPS lasers and a five-angle thread camera, so naturally people are a little suspicious when they see me driving around. Before I went on the reservation, my company, who is subcontracted by the cable provider, made sure to confirm that we had the express permission of the tribal authority to operate. I say this because my route took me on roads that few white people would ever venture down, especially without tribal blessing. We're talking six miles on a two-track with the nearest highway. Nowhere in sight. So, with that said, I think that in my driving on these routes that I either encountered the home of a skinwalker or I hit some kind of spiritual tripwire that alerted certain Navajos to my presence on the spiritual plane.
the man in the light blue truck. So in Gallup, on my off time, I decided to hike the surrounding areas. First, I went to the Mentmore Trailhead and hiked a small mesa. The hike was absolutely picturesque with a beautiful juniper and sage landscape. I pushed it hard. It was 95 degrees and I went 11 miles. It was worth every bit of the suffering. But the strange this, when I finally got back to my car at the trailhead, a man in a light blue truck pulled up right as I was walking up. Instantly, I caught a bad vibe. I did not undergo my usual post-hike stretch and water dump all over my head on a hot day. Instead, something told me to get in the car and drive, which I did. I thought that this was a strange encounter and that was the end of it, but it wasn't. Two days later, I went to the Hyalso Trailhead, 15 miles away in the pines. As I pull up to the trailhead, I see the same light blue truck and the same man, just sitting there staring out into the distance like he did before. Again, the hairs on the back of my neck went up. I went to the bathroom and contemplated turning around, but I decided to continue on anyway. I hiked up, thinking the feeling would go away. It did not. It only got worse. Way worse. The entire hike, I got the impression that someone or something was following me. It was palpable, a primal sense, as if there was a mountain lion ahead of me on the trail. The feeling got so intense on the way back that I carried my knife with me. I have never felt the need to carry my knife. When I got back, the guy was gone. Thank God. But I could not help but come away with the impression that he was checking me out somehow spiritually. Believe me, I know this isn't the hard evidence you all are looking for, but trust me when I tell you, the eerie vibe was otherworldly. Also, the odds of this guy being at both spots, once when I just ended and once when I just began the hike, are a little too high for comfort, but there have been other instances. I have had crows follow me around the reservation roads in ways that don't seem to make sense. Once, when I was taking down my gear in Tehachie, a crow literally seemed to say my name. I looked up, and he was on a power pole. He just stared me down. Also, his calls did not sound like a crow's. It was very bizarre. So, long story short, while I did not physically encounter a skinwalker, I think I encountered some kind of envoy of dark spiritual forces of the Navajo, and that man in the blue truck, and the crows. What do you guys think? In any event, I trust my feelings. I'm Rick Martinez, truck driver coming back from Utah going into Nevada. I pulled over to update my logs, got up on top of a hill to a rest area. Nothing but desert all around me. No cars, no nothing. As I was writing into my logbook, I felt like somebody was staring at me. So I looked up and saw this old man standing there all raggedy with a long beard just staring at me. So I rolled down my window and asked him, Are you okay? And he wouldn't answer. So I repeated, Are you all right? Do you need help? Do you want some water? He still would not answer me, so I opened the door and stood on my step and said, I'm not coming down there. You need to come over here. He would not answer. So I told him, okay, old man, last chance. If you need help, tell me now. So I got back in my truck, closed the door, put my truck in gear, and started to roll off. He started to walk alongside the truck. I'm thinking I'm going to end up running this guy over, so I just said, let me get out of here. 
As I pick up speed, he starts running alongside the truck. And I'm thinking... I'm thinking F-crazy, old man. I start picking up more speed, getting ready to get back on the highway, and I turn to look to make sure I'm not gonna run this guy over. And he's not there. What I see instead is a coyote running next to me, and that coyote kept up with the truck for at least a couple blocks. Until finally I started pulling away from him. I didn't want to look in the review mirror anymore, I just wanted to get away.